Ag State of Mind, episode 29. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a member of the Global Ag Network. I'm your host, Jason Meadows, and today on the show, we have my friend, Will Evans. Will is a Welsh farmer. He is the host of the Rock and Roll Farming podcast, and uh, we get to kind of talk a little bit about his operation and the stresses that are affecting the farmers over in the UK, and I think we'll kind of find some common ground here to know that the stresses that are affecting us over here in America are felt throughout the world. And I like that. I, I think a lot of times when I think about farming, I think of it kind of pigeonholed into American and even Canadian, um, you know, thing, something that's kind of special to North American. When the truth is farming is something, agriculture is something that happens all over the world. And I love to get perspectives from people outside of the States. And Will is my second time I've actually had the pleasure of talking to somebody overseas. Um, so it's really cool to kind of see what the environment is like over there for him as far as with the activists and with them going through Brexit and all the things that is that comes, all the stresses and challenges that come with a farmer in the UK. So uh, really, really excited to talk to Will today. But uh, before we get started, a little bit of business to take care of. This week, I will be on Caroline Six, the Farm Story podcast. I think it releases on Wednesday of this week. So uh, go over and check that out. We had a really cool interview over there. Uh, I, it's always a it's always a treat for me to be on that side of the microphone to be the person being interviewed instead of doing the interviewing. So get to hear a little bit more about my story and kind of my thoughts on COVID-19 again. And uh, just uh, it was really cool to get to hang out with Caroline and tell her my story and uh, get in front of her audience. So uh, again, before we get started, like before every one of these episodes, I encourage everyone to go check us out either on iTunes, Spotify, CastBox, uh, Stitcher, wherever you may find your podcast and leave us a review. Um, we really like to get those five-star reviews if you would so oblige. So uh, go check us out. So, all right, that's it. After now, we will go on to my interview with my friend, Will Evans. All right, Will, thanks for coming on today. How are you? Um, very well, thank you. It's really good to be speaking to you. Yeah, so I just want to let you know, the first time I heard your voice is the interview, I, I don't remember if it was your first or second interview with Peter and Paula Hines, who were episode eight of this podcast. And you have your own show, the, the Rock and Roll Farming Podcast. But yeah. uh, I, I want to get to know you, your kind of your backstory. We talked a little bit before we started recording, but I want to know about you and your family and uh, you know your your operation and how you farm in your part of the world. Yeah, so we are a um, 500 acre mixed farm. We've got uh, 320 uh, head of beef cattle, and we grow about 300 acres of cereals, uh, mostly wheat and barley um, as well. I also do a contract baling in the summer, so I get pretty busy with that certain times of year. We live in North East Wales, so if you're looking at a map of the UK and a map of Wales, we're kind of 
uh, not too far from a town called Wrexham. So we're right on the border with England, um, very close to England, um, uh, which, has, <laughs> which is good and bad. We're uh, a lot of dairy farms in this area as well. Um, so pretty good at growing land, um, very fertile soil. We farm two main blocks of land. The river runs through the two, um, which is, which has been, uh, which has been challenging this year. We've had a lot of floods, um, which has made farming quite difficult. But um, it is what it is. Um, yeah, we can our- re- we can relate to that in the states for <laughs> sure. For sure, it's been it's been a miserable couple of years in that regard to your team. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um, we kind of you know you're used to it, but it's. Um, when you're in the midst of it, it can be challenging, as you mm-hmm. know. But um, and then I live in the farm, live at the farm with my wife uh, Sarah and our four daughters, um, who are four, six, eight, and nine. So it is a noisy household. Oh yeah, yeah. As <laughs> again, we were talking before we before we recorded, and um, you know, listeners to this show know that I have four boys, and to yeah. hear someone like hear someone like yourself who is similar in that you have four kids, but totally kind of like there's it, <laughs> still chaos, but the chaos is a different sort of chaos when it's girls yeah. versus four boys. You know? Yeah, it's just a few more Barbie dolls involved at this end. <laughs> I gotta ask, do you got do you ever like are there ever like physical fights between the girls does that oh ever man yeah, a hell of a lot more than you'd think really like, i think so yeah i mean i would go i guess they're typical farm girls as well and because sure. they're because they're quite close in age you know that that mm-hmm. we had four or four heifer calves in five years as i like to tell people um so uh you know they're, they're close in age and um most of the time they get on pretty well but yeah they do have they do fight a lot you know um and the six-year-old has taekwondo lessons um, <laughs> so, so she likes to sort of oh my throw gosh. yeah she likes to uh she likes to use some of that sometimes and it does get <laughs> it does get pretty pretty physical at times oh yeah. my gosh yeah <laughs> Yeah, our kids are asking to start karate lessons, and I'm just not sure that's such a good idea because I know what that would look like at home. Yeah, yeah, but but you know they're they're great fun. They're great fun, right? Um, most of course, of time, most of the time they're they're pretty good. Most of the time, right, right. So, do you do? Is that what you do? Do you work on the farm full time? Yeah, so I am in partnership with uh, both my parents. Um, okay. Uh, in the business with them um, we have a bit of a bit of help as well but it's mostly just us mm-hmm. um, so yeah I work on the farm full-time um, I and then I do bits of other stuff as well bits of journalism and things I think I think people think that I uh, I don't do much farming these days but I just do all <laughs> that in, in at night and in my in right. my uh, inverted commas spare time you know but um, but yeah no we're pretty busy I mean um, we just start hopefully the weather's just starting to improve so We'll be uh, when it does get uh, dry again on the fields. We'll be we'll be pretty busy all of a sudden. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we've like it's just now starting to dry out here for yeah. a little while. I mean, it's been a miserable, miserable winter here. Like where <laughs> the ground hasn't frozen. So I mean, like getting out to the field to try and feed cows has been yeah. a nightmare. And you know, it's just been. It's like it. I would take like, and I tell people this all the time. I would take twenty five degrees over thirty five degrees any day of the week. Yeah, because um, it's just and I, do you guys use now? Let me ask do you in Wales. Do you use Celsius or do you use Fahrenheit? Well, it, it's funny. We tend to, I mean, we would use Celsius really, but it's kind of like both. It's unofficial. Okay. Um, really? So yeah, because like my dad would still use um, 
the the uh, uh, imperial system my dad sort of refuses to use anything metric um, <laughs> <laughs> so um he talks in acres and i talk in hectares um, right but we, we, we just about managed to get by <laughs> that's funny that's funny because that can yeah be, that can lead to some i mean i could that could lead to some some confusion right oh it does it does yeah and my dad doesn't understand meters and centimeters and things he, he just speaks <laughs> in feet and inches but uh, that's but, hilarious yeah. Yeah, but um, oh, yeah. we you know we can just amount of money to communicate. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you you mentioned about your journalism in you have a podcast as well, and that's where, like I said, the first place I heard you was the time you spoke to Peter and Paula Hines, and you know that was about the time I was really getting rolling with this podcast. So uh, yeah, tell me where that I love the name Rock and Roll Farming Podcast. Where did that come from and like, how did it, how did it start? Where did it, and how did it build? And, um, you know, where, where, what was the mission for that? So I was, um, three or four years ago, I was quite, um, frustrated with how farming communicated as an industry with Mm -hmm. consumers. Um, and I was quite sort of, I suppose frustrated that the industry um, and especially sort of the big farming organizations and things hadn't really embraced digital media and the, and the potential of social media and videos and things like that. They, they seem to be quite stuck in the past. And um, I was, I was quite sort of annoyed about it. And then I, I was sort of thinking of ways I could do. And I was looking at the way that the best communicators were doing stuff on social media and things. And then, came across um quite by accident i came across um rob sharkey's mm. podcast mm-hmm. and i started listening to a few and i thought this is just great this mm-hmm. is brilliant this is this is exactly kind of what we need to do so um i contacted rob and he uh, asked me if i'd be interviewed on his podcast so i was and that was great fun and then i i thought um well there isn't one of these in the uk could i could i do that should i do it here and then I thought, well, I probably, I probably can't because I'm not, I'm not, um, I haven't got any experience with that kind of thing. Um, you know, and, and I sort of began to think, well, yeah, I can't do it. And then I thought, well, I've had the idea now, if I don't do it and then someone else does, then I'll always be, you know, I'll always be that guy who had an idea and didn't have the, didn't have the courage to go through with it. So, um, so I had to go at it and not really expecting it to go very far. And then, um, it just, it just took off. Um, just, just be on my wildest dreams really and then it's just led to me speaking to people all over the world people i'd never would have ever have got the chance to speak to otherwise you know from farmers and people like me right the way through to industry leaders and politicians and lots of people with lots of different stakes and roles in in agriculture as an industry so yeah from just the seed of an idea after speaking to rob it's gone crazy really so um yeah, it's been incredible. Never thought it was never on my radar to be ever doing anything like this. So um, the fact that it's happened is is kind of kind of crazy, really. So you're telling me that Rob Sharkey, the the known despiser of New Ag Podcast, <laughs> at one time told someone to start that they should start a podcast. <laughs> he did, and he was really helpful. And he, was, <laughs> he was really helpful uh, when I was getting started because I, I really didn't know what I was doing. So, um, yeah, he was, he was really, uh, really, um, really helpful for me. And I uh, still, still was like to give him a shout out for that because um, I probably wouldn't have had the confidence to do it otherwise. But, um, and, then, and then the name um, Rock and Roll Farming, we were just, 
we were trying to come up with a name and I had a few kind of names that weren't, I don't know, I just didn't really think they were very exciting. And then my wife and I had a, had a brainstorming session one night over a couple of bottles of wine and, and uh, like all the best ideas um, <laughs> <laughs> happen. Um, that's, uh, that's when it happened really. And we just thought, well, it's kind of different and it'll stick in people's minds. So, um, so we'll go with that. So, yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. that's awesome because I, for like, I'm hearing you talk sounds like me talking when I'm talking <laughs> about how the podcast started and yeah. the, the experiences I had um, as far as like having a mentor like you had in Rob, I had that in Clay Connery who yeah. hosts the, the working cows podcast yeah. and um, to like the, the mindset of like, well, I'm not very tech savvy. I don't know yeah. what I'm doing. I still don't know what I'm doing, but um, <laughs> no, I've, no I've, do I. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've just picked up some stuff along the way. And, yeah. um, and then, and then like what really got me is when you were talking about how you and your wife were sitting around talking and like brainstorming and, that's exactly how we came up with our thing <laughs> too. Yeah. You know, I'm like, cause she's like very creative. She's much better at that sort of thing than I am. And I was like, yeah. man, I can't, I mean, if I'm going to start, you know, obviously I got a name, have a name. I'm like, I, yeah. I, I had nothing, nothing like you, nothing that was super exciting. And, you know, we just kind of had some ideas bouncing off one of another and uh, yeah, that's how it, same type of deal. That's so, so interesting. I love to hear that kind of story because, you know, it just like, <laughs> we you you didn't know and i think that's what people like really are misconception about people who do the kind of things that we do is that we have it all figured out and we know absolutely what we not. are doing and we absolutely <laughs> do not <laughs> absolutely not uh, honestly i i and and you know i mean i've I've taken a, a break from the i am bringing the podcast back soon but i mean i, I took a break from it last september and um I, I just I cannot emphasize how like people would say, Oh, it sounds really professional and you do such a good job. And I'm like, honestly, if you only knew how much I'm winging this oh my you gosh. Know, and, and how last minute everything is and how, <laughs> how I'm sort of trying to get an internet connection at the last minute. <laughs> um, but yeah, but, but yeah, it's still brilliant fun. I love it. Yeah. That's, I mean, I don't want to st stick on that, but like, yeah, the same, same here. I mean, if, if people like had any idea, I'm sitting in my son's base. I mean, I've told me, I try to be pretty open at how like not professional I yeah. am at how I do. So I like, so. <laughs> so like yeah. if, but if you could really see, I'm in my I'm in my son's basement bedroom at a, at a, his desk downstairs because this is the only place in the house that's not total <laughs> chaos. <laughs> well, I I am I mean if you if you could see me now you you'd see that I I have literally got my I'm sitting on a chair and my feet I can't move my feet because if I'm if I move either foot I will knock over some of my uh, girl's Lego. <laughs> it's literally all all around me so i kind of uh yeah i've just got the only little bit of space in the house that isn't covered in barbies or lego but, uh, but anyway that's great so you know i think like on my podcast obviously a lot of what we focus on is is the stresses and the issues that are going on sure. especially stateside because yep. that's what i know that's a lot of who i talk to uh, mm -hmm. besides peter and paula you're the first person I've talked to that's not either not in North America. Yeah. So 
tell me, what is it like over there? What's it like in the UK? I mean, you guys have been in the news with Brexit and everything. And the, you know, you talk about the weather has been tough this year for you. So, I mean, we can obviously have common ground there, but what are the other kind of things? Are are you guys feeling the effects of trade like we are and uh, the the depressed prices? I mean, just what, what is it like over there? Yeah, it's really interesting that shows in Alberta last month at the mm-hmm. FarmTech conference in Edmonton. And um, it was really interesting to me how the same issues that we've got in the UK uh, are, are also in Canada. Um, issues of social isolation, communication, how can we communicate better, um, all that kind of thing. So I think I think what I will say is probably almost going to be the same as what you would say is happening there. But um yeah, it, trade is playing a big part. Brexit is obviously um, a massive, massive change for us. Um, mm-hmm. Whether 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 people in the UK were, were for it or against it, it's going to um, probably be the biggest period of change in in um, agricultural policy for at least a couple of generations. So, and it depends a lot on the trade deals we get and moving forward. Um, what uh where we're going to be selling our our produce i mean at the moment we don't really know um mm. calves calves being born at the moment you know we've no idea what what market there is for them so you know that is a worry it is putting pressure on people's businesses it's hard to plan for the future and as you know as, as we all know with farming you're not you're not planning for the next 12 months or even the next five years are you you're kind of planning for the next generation really sure so, yeah so there's that i mean the weather's been horrendous um the last 18 months really that's put a huge amount of pressure on people we had a really wet summer last year really really bad harvest and loads of flooding throughout the uk really it's been really bad um our farm I mean, we've we've been we've had worse floods before, but the amount of floods we've had this right. year has just yeah. been something else. Christ, it's, it's just really been difficult. Um, we have an ongoing problem with uh, bovine TB in cattle in the UK, which uh, which has dragged on now for a number of years. Government they they've, they don't really seem to want to do anything about it. That puts a huge amount of pressure on people. Um, it's like a like a sword really hanging over a lot of farming families we're, like we're all our neighboring farms at the moment are locked down with with tb so um they can't bring in any cattle without pre-movement testing they can't they 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 get um they have to have them tested every six months and if anything tests positive for tb then the cattle are taken away and you know you can imagine how stressful that is so Holy um cow, yeah yeah it's 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 bad um so you know that's a big issue as well so there's a lot i mean i'm not i'm not painting a very good picture but there's a lot to be positive about as well you know there's a lot sure yeah of course brilliant farmers in the uk but um you know i wouldn't say it's in a good place at the moment and there is a lot of pressure on people but that is being talked about more um yeah you know i think a few years ago that kind of pressure wasn't really talked about, but but now it is, um, and I think that's got to be a good thing. Yeah, you guys, I think the UK and I, the and Canada are are doing a better job than we are in the states talking about the pressures about the the mental health thing that's going on, and it, I we're starting to be better, but we got a lot of work to do, unfortunately. And there's, it's an uphill battle because we spent so long for us. It was, things were really good for a really long time here. And, um, 
and I, you know, and I think they will be again in the future, but that doesn't mean that doesn't make the things that are going on right now any easier to deal with in the present no. moment. And, you know, to, to, like you say, it's not just, we're thinking about the next year or even the next five years, we're thinking about the next 100 years and, yeah. and our kids, you know, you, I have kids, you have kids who we would like for this to be theirs someday yeah. and to, ensure that that's going to happen is you know it's a big that's a big point of stress for for a lot mm. of people it is it is yeah um without a doubt and I, I guess there's a lot of a lot there's a lot of change at the moment isn't there and and mm -hmm. change a it can be good and, and you obviously obviously you've always got to keep an open mind to change and things but you know it, it can be also quite daunting i think um and when farming isn't as profitable as it once was it can be quite difficult to change these right. systems and things can't it and when governments start sort of talking and over here you know there's a lot of talk about how we're going to be able to how we're going to have to farm in a more environmentally friendly way and you know i guess we all want to do that but it's just i don't think sometimes they appreciate there isn't always enough money in the job to be able to do that. Right. Um, yes. with, well, I, don't, I don't mean that to sound like an excuse. And, I, and No, you know, I, I, I get, and I think most people yeah. in agriculture understand what you're saying um, yeah. because we a hundred percent, we want things in the, for the environment to be uh -huh. great because if nothing else that affects our bottom line. I mean, if yeah. leave, leave the social side out of it, um, leave all of that out of it. You know, if, if we want to have a truly healthy business, which I mean, that's yeah. what we're doing here, then then we have to take care of this ground because it is going to be what produces the what produces the crop, what raise what produces the grass that we, you know, that the cattle eat and yeah. hopefully grow on. You know, so I mean, it's in our best interest from a lot of different aspects to make sure that it is it is taken care of. And I think that's a big, I think that's a big misconception that folks outside of agriculture have in that we are kind of milking land and there, and don't get me wrong. I do believe there are some people who do do that. And, mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, yeah. especially the people who are successful and who are multi-generation like your family is, they are doing it in a way that makes that, that has who's coming next in mind. And yeah who has the consumer in mind because if we don't have any consumer we don't have we don't have a market and if we don't have a market we don't make money and yeah. you know so i mean consumer concerns are very important it's where we where we where i have a problem with and i think most people have a problem with it is people start making misconceptions or having misconceptions and making misassumptions about what is going on yeah and it, i mean it's quite it's kind of a big thing. I mean, we're, the UK is obviously a tiny little island with with a population of sixty million people. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, it, it, we're kind of never not even the most remote parts of the of the UK aren't that far from large urban centres. So, you know, we've got kind of got that challenge as well, where people feel I guess, I guess quite rightly in a way, but they they feel like. Um, I don't know. I think I don't think they quite understand how difficult it is, mm -hmm. maybe, um, in, in trying to balance food production, making a profit, and and um, and looking after the environment as well. But you know, at the same time, I don't think we've been very good at communicating that as an yes. industry, and, and we and we've perhaps 
perhaps got ourselves only got ourselves to blame for that i think we've been very in fact we've been terrible yeah. <laughs> terrible at communicating what we do and i think for a long time we've sort of relied on the kind of you know thank a farmer thing and and basic yeah. messages like yeah. that where yeah. we've got so much more than that we've got this right. incredible sort of wide ranging industry with so many different roles and 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 this incredible there's so many human interest stories and um you know i mean things like podcasts and and videos and it's how the 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 normal farmers are doing off their own backs i think is helping um and we are catching up but um yeah I, i think traditionally we've been pretty pretty bad at communicating what we do right we uh we i I talked about we were at i was at cattlemen's college at our ncba which is you know like our national cattlemen's association Mm -hmm. and i sat i sat in on one that is that was talking about it was almost kind of like a two two prong effort in where you know in, in talking about beef as a part of a balanced diet but also improving uh producer consumer relations and in the 90s the the information age just took off and you know and just just flowered and was you know so like so many people adapted to it but us at an agriculture we just kind of were didn't do that we just kind (laughs) of stunned it and you know you talked about that a little bit and I've talked to a lot of people about it and we are kind of playing from behind because the people who are activists and who are anti-agriculture are are kind of they're able to kind of form their own narrative and people will pay attention because we haven't done as good a job telling our story before people had their own misconceptions about it and and that's yeah. that's hard that's a hard thing to overcome and mm-hmm. i think we're starting to do a better job um yeah. and i think the younger folks and when i say younger i mean you and i um you know which <laughs> is sad <laughs> i mean yeah but i mean i'm not ta- we're not talking about our our dads you know we're talking no, about no. the guys like who are who are involved in the work right now um, yeah. we're starting to do a better job. The, the kids might like my kids are uh, my oldest, especially is, is really starting to do a better job. And th- that age, you know, so, I mean, if we can kind of hope to keep our heads above water, I think going forward, the, the next generation is going to do a much better job of telling the story than, than we have in the past. Sure. And, and, you know, I think, I think people now, I don't think they've ever been as interested in, in where the food comes from as they are mm-hmm. now. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think a generation ago people worried too much about where the food comes from the way they do now. Um, and obviously it's easy, it's easier to get information now. It's obviously all right there at your fingertips. So I don't, um, I think, I think we have to look at it as an opportunity really, not, not as a threat. Um, <clears throat> but it's just, it's just finding the right way to do that. But, um, you've only got to look at some of the, some of the guys who've got YouTube channels and things like that and the number of downloads they're getting and even podcasts like Rob's. And I mean, mm-hmm. that's just gone from strength to strength. So, you know, the, the, there's some really, really talented communicators, um, in the industry. And, um, it's really good to see that they're, they're 
rising to the top. I yes. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully being, you know, being mentors to people like we talked about, like, I mean, for me, especially who's just now kind of getting started at it and being able to kind of look at these trailblazers and, you know, what is working for them, what didn't work for them. And, you know, maybe be- allow us to not go through those kind of those mm-hmm. uh, kind of sufferings ourselves and yeah. do a more streamlined job of telling the story, which is, uh, which is going to be good. I think yeah. you yeah. meant, you mentioned earlier the, 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 the relative, especially compared to, to the States in Canada, the relative population density of, mm-hmm. of Great Britain. And yeah. I got to ask, how does that, I mean, do you, as, as far as your farm in particular and people at your neighbors, do you guys, deal with people who are activists on a on on a regular semi-regular basis or even at all um i never have here um Mm -hmm. we're sort of by uk standards fairly remote Um, okay but but um certainly in the south and east of the country yeah they, they 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 do get issues probably probably not as much as you'd maybe think i think okay i think other countries have had it worse in the uk i think australia have had a lot of problems haven't they with with things like that but i don't think we've had it too bad here um though some there has been a bit of a rise in it lately on a few pig farms and poultry farms but it's kind of only really just starting with the activism um there has been stuff um occasionally people have broken into farms at night and things like that but it's still quite unusual for that to happen I guess the closer to the to the large urban areas mm-hmm. you are, the, the more likely it is to happen. But it's not really a massive issue yet, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I think this. I think the same sort of thing here. You know, where we're at, we are. We're not as remote as some places, but you know, we're still relatively re- relatively remote. And for the most part, the general population, even people who aren't even rural, they understand it a yeah. little bit better and being in yeah. Missouri where we're in the we're in the middle of the country and you know things are pretty as pretty friendly to agriculture here but you go especially you know like some of the greatest cattle ranchers in the country are in California and mm-hmm. I could not imagine having to deal with some of the crap that they have yeah, to yeah. you know yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah well I guess that's another world over there isn't it but it is yeah <laughs> <laughs> it sure is so well hey man um I really appreciate you coming on here today um taking time out of your I guess your evening my afternoon as as it is yeah, the quarter, case past, quarter past eight at night here. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's a little bit after two here in the afternoon. So I've got some daylight to, uh, to, to even to get with today. So uh, it's really cool getting to talk to you. And um, yeah, you see. how can we, how can folks find your podcast? Um, so if they just search rock and roll farming, um, you'll find it. And uh, yeah, like I say, it's, um, I'm bringing it back later this month. Right. Uh, ho- hopefully. Um, I did. I had to take a, a break last September just from just <laughs> from the pressures of farming and trying to juggle everything. I just couldn't couldn't do it. But um, but yeah, I'm bringing it back soon. So um, yeah, you can you can find it on any podcast platform. Any, I think in anything you do, whether it be farming, whether it be podcasting, whether it be whatever, you know, you have to be able to 
withstand a an ongoing sustainable effort and yeah. you know i think it's important to for folks to realize who are getting maybe started in this space or think about they might want to get started something not necessarily podcasting but youtubing or blogging or vlogging or whatever it may be and maybe there's something out there that isn't even discovered yet that is, yeah. a, is a new platform and um you know to, i think it's important what you said here is that you know you you there was too much going on for you and you just took a break and you're planning on bringing it back and you're planning on bringing being better i think yeah well i hope so yeah right <laughs> i hope i'm not worse <laughs> um yeah yeah it's just you know it was it was just difficult last year the harvest and everything was terrible and um yeah i just put in i just ended up putting too much uh pressure on myself really and um, you'll know from the podcast, it does take up a lot of time, doesn't it? It does, um, yeah. I mean, it's so, uh, kind of half, I mean, if it's, I mean, it's it, like we talked about before we started recording, it's sure not worth doing it if it's causing you stress. No. And, you know, I no. mean, it's, it, it's not. And I, I mean, I know that myself. Like, so like, I almost feel, I feel fortunate now to know that, you know, you kind of took a break because I think that's probably about the time I list, start, I listen to a lot of your stuff. So, oh, I mean, okay. yeah, yeah, so that, that, uh, that, that, that I'm, I feel fortunate now to <laughs> been able to, <laughs> to catch you when I did. Yeah. Well, I, I, th I think I did one, one, a, one a week for two and a half years and then, um, but you know, I just, yeah, it just got too much last time. It was really difficult. I felt, I felt really bad stopping it. Yeah. Cause I felt, I felt like I was letting people down, but you know, I just, I just, um, yeah, something not to give. Well, um, another friend of mine, uh, Tim Hamrich, he he was a very big men mentor. He has the future Tim's of agriculture. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. Tim, I'm sure. Do, great yeah. guy. And he was a hu another huge mentor of mine. And uh, he was like, you know, a little bit of scarcity is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, yeah. to get people kind of mi missing you is, uh, you know, that that kind of drives demand a little bit. So yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That, well, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, Will, I, I really appreciate you um, talking to me today. Um, I, I appreciate all the support you've given me, and uh, you know, the few times we've talked, it's uh, it's really meant a lot to me. No, well, thank you very much for inviting me on, and um, keep up the great work. Thanks, a really good all thing right. you're doing. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. Thanks for checking out this episode today, guys. Um, it was really good to get to know Will and, you know, kind of get his backstory and his experience with raising four girls. Um, I think we we kind of really were able to come over on some common ground. And it's really cool to know that somebody overseas like that, um, we can have such similar lifestyles. So uh, it's really cool to get to know Will. So in the next couple of weeks, I am actually going to be f featuring a couple of dairy farmers. I wrote a blog a couple of weeks ago um, that kind of highlighted the stresses going on in the in the dairy industry and you know especially the new things with the demand being you know kind of up in the air as a result of the changes in consumers in COVID-19 and so uh, I've got a couple of girls that I interviewed about the milk industry and the dairy industry because it's not something I totally understand obviously not being 
totally involved in it, but uh, it's something I've learned a lot about. And the stresses that are involved in the dairy industry are are second to none, I believe. So I've got Tara from the uh, the New Mexico Milkmaid, and I've got Brittany Olson um, from Wisconsin, and we get to uh, kind of get an up close and personal view of what's going on. So I'm really excited for that in the next couple of weeks for you guys to kind of hear what's going on in the dairy industry and get a little bit better idea of that. But uh, thanks again for tuning in today. Um, this has been the Ag State of Mind podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Meadows. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week. Thank you.